And, and sometimes when we're on the ropes, we have the tendency to give all the credit to the devil. Sometimes when we're on the ropes, I'm just getting attacked, and the devil's out to get me. And, and, and maybe some of that is true, but, but I, I want us to be careful not to give all the credit to the devil. Like, God brings you through some stuff, and he tells you he's going to bring you through some stuff. You know, sometimes the pressure comes from the opposing team. Sometimes you're on the ice, and the pressure is coming from the other team, and that's true. And the pressure usually comes to those who the pressure belongs. Ain't nobody double-teaming a third-line center. We're, we're talking hockey. Ain't nobody double-teaming LeBron. This is a basketball church. I got it. Ain't nobody double-teaming LeBron. So sometimes the pressure comes where it deserves. Sometimes the, 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 the devil is, is attacking, and, and, and he's doing it because maybe you've got something going on that's worth attacking. But sometimes the pressure comes from the Savior. I don't put my third-line center out with two minutes left. I put Tony out with two minutes left because I know Tony's got what it takes. And I could put a little bit of pressure on him. Hey, we got a spiritual spotter. You understand? Sometimes the coach puts the pressure on. Amen. It's not always the enemy that puts the pressure on. And I want to talk a little bit about hope on the rope. So God's just there. He's spotting you. He's there. He's putting extra weight on. The pastor always alludes to it. He's putting extra weight on the bar, but he's there. He's there. How can he conform you? How can he shape you? How can he make you more like his son if there's not additional weight? How could he do it? Let's turn to Romans 5. Sorry, and I apologize if you're a visitor. Come back next week. Pastor is a, a little bit more toned down. I don't know. If, if there's a race for running through a wall, I, I, I guess I'll apologize on behalf of the church. All right, Romans 5, we're going to go to Romans 5. We're going to start there. We'll jump a little. But we're going to start in Romans 5. Actually, let's start Romans 4, 24. Let's end uh, chapter 4 and move to chapter 5. We'll read a little bit. Okay, 4, 24. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from dead, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So now you get the context of where we're going in five. Therefore, that's what the therefore is, therefore. Therefore, because of that thing, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. There's some hope there. There's some hope. And here's the hope on the ropes. And not only so, but we, have, we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh, pa yep, worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. Hope out of tribulation, God? Yep. And hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given us. Let's look at one. Hey, that, that verse in 5.1 says, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. There's a peace of God, which we have, but that verse says you have peace with God now. There is no enmity. There, you were an enemy of God. At a point, you did not accept his son's sacrifice. There was a wide chasm. And that verse is saying you now have peace with him. Amazing to me. So, so that's a benefit. That's, 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 let's call that benefit number one. Let's keep on reading. Peace with God 
through our Lord Jesus Christ. It only comes through Christ. There's no other way to get that peace. People try a lot of different ways to get that peace. People think it's me, it's all the good stuff I did. People think there's, there's peace in a bottle. People think there's peace in a lot of different things. This verse tells me we have peace with God through Christ alone. Through Christ alone. Let's continue reading. By whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Now, he's, he's setting you up here. He's telling you how you could glory in tribulation. You have access. Mark was talking about it. We have access to this grace, to grace. You know what grace is? Mark talked about it. It's unwarranted. Un, like, you did not deserve such grace. You did not deserve such hope. But you have access through that. This is amazing to me. I mean, I mean, it's undeserved. And why? Through him alone. Through him alone. And those are things where we can glory and we could say, amen. I have this peace. I have this grace. It, I, I, don't even, I don't even deserve it, but I know it's going to be okay. It's, it's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Let me, just, let me just read you something. I got a little space. So, so the, when I was studying, I was like, well, maybe I'll have time. Maybe I won't. I just want to read you, read you a song. I won't sing it. Uh, I'll spare you that. The song is called His Robes for Mine. I, I don't know if you know it, but to me, it's a blessing. His robes for mine, a wonderful exchange. Clothed in my sin, Christ suffered neath God's rage. Draped in his righteousness, I'm justified. In Christ I live, for in my place he died. His robes for mine, uh, what cause have I for dread? None, none. God's daunting law, Christ mastered in my stead. Faultless, faultless I stand with righteous works not mine, saved by my Lord's vicarious death and life. His robes for mine, God's justice is appeased. Jesus is crushed. Listen to that. Jesus is crushed, and thus the Father's pleased. Christ drank God's wrath, from, that, that, was, that was intended for me, on sin and cried, tis done. Sin's wages wait, paid, propitiation won. I cling to Christ and marvel at the cost. Jesus forsaken, God estranged from God. Faultless I stand. I mean, I mean but, but, but can we listen to the last verse? Can we, can, we, can we just, his robes for mine, such anguish none can know. Christ, God's beloved, condemned as though his foe. He as though I accursed and left alone. I as though he embraced and welcomed home. You have access to this grace, not because of you, not because of anything you could do, not because of anything you thought you should do, but you didn't get around, not, none of that. You have access to his grace by Christ's sacrifice on the cross. Amazing to me, but hold on, hold on, hold on. You have, you have this hope, but then the tides turn a little bit. And it's easy, it's easy, it's easy to have the hope when you're on the mountaintop, right? But when you're on the ropes, when you're on the ropes, it's tough. That's why Mickey is always in there, come on, Rock, you can, you can, you can. Because when Rock's on the ropes, he needs to understand, hey, this is what you trained for. This is what you, you I, I'm in your corner. You, I, I trained you for this, we studied for this. Get back at it. And listen how this chapter changes. The chapter goes on to say, and not only so, but we glory in tribulation. Amen. 
We glory in tribulation, knowing that tribulation work at patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. Now, now, how do you glory in that? You glory in that because you know you have the peace mentioned in the, it doesn't say you're gonna have, you have peace with the world. It doesn't say you have peace with the devil. It doesn't ha- say you have peace with your neighbor. It doesn't say you have peace with your mother-in-law. Just kidding, love you. It, it says you have peace with God. So I can, glory, I can glory in the fact that I have peace with God even though I don't have peace with the world. Even though they're gonna come at me. Even though when I stand on ground, they're gonna say you're, you're who bots. What are you doing? It's amazing to me. Now, when that, I've been going to the gym. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, actually, Jason, <clears throat> Jason got me back going to the gym. He wanted to, I lasted three weeks. He wanted to work out. He wanted to bulk up. Um, and I was reading about a spotter in the gym. And a spotter is vitally important. Even just having the spotter with you, around you, actually studies show it increases your workload potential by roughly 20%. Just by having that person in your corner, with you, over you, pushing you, knowing that they're there, it it allows you to put a little bit more more weight. Uh, that, that, That sounds like tribulation to me. It sounds like a little bit of pressure to me. It sounds like a little bit of, a little bit of uh, hey, I could up the ante because, because I got someone hanging over me. I got someone making sure my form is right. I got someone encouraging me, saying I'm with you always. I got, I got the ability because I know as soon as I struggle, as soon as I struggle, if I just get a touch from the Lord, a touch, sometimes that touch is all it takes to push through. Hey, that's how tribulation worketh patience. When you're under the bar and you go, I can't, I can't, I can't. And God says, hey, give me a second. And he touches you. He just touches it. He just touches it and I can push through. And then I push through and I go, patience worketh experience. Oh man, I got that experience. I can get through this. I can do this. It's happened. I can, I can probably take on a little more. I didn't know I was that strong, Lord. And it wasn't you. It was him. And it was him over your shoulder. And maybe, and maybe there's a balancing scale, right? Maybe like, like you're, you're pushing through and, and doing it and trying your best thing. And God touches it. And God touches it. And then, and then you push through again. Hey, but that thing, it, that's what we're supposed to have with Christ. We're supposed to have that relationship. But, but you know what? The most crushing weight, the most, the most crushing weight, God took on. He got you off the bench, he got onto the bench, and he said, bro, don't worry about it, let me put it up for you. And he put it up for you, and you get the gains. You get, imagine that. Everybody would be in the gym if someone else could go for you and you got the, that's what Christ did for us. We couldn't put up the weight, we couldn't put up the weight of sin. And Christ took it on his shoulders and put it up. And then we get the gains. We get to stand with, with peace with God and access to grace. That's amazing to me. Hey, I don't look for the weakest guy in the gym to help spot me. Sorry if I offend anyone. I don't, I don't look for the weakest guy in the gym. I just went, because God forbid I ask my son or his friend. 
I look for the guy who I think, hey, he's going to help me. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's talking about. Don't be looking for the weakest spotter. Don't be looking for booze. Don't be looking for drugs. Don't be looking for that lady. Don't be looking for that boy. Don't be looking for Tony Robbins. Hey, look for the guy who puts up the weight. If we could only. My spotter is not like, I sometimes, I watch Jay and his friend. And I'm like trying to be observant. I, don't, I didn't want him to go by himself because it's dangerous. You, you try to look around and do more weight than you can, like form over, over weight. But I look and I see them, and Jason's like snapping, like, so I, bro, I love you so much. You know I love you. Um, and, and his friend's snapping. And meanwhile, one of them is on the bench, I guess, I can't get it. They got the wrong spotter. Go get yourself a Go get yourself a spiritual spotter who can lift those burdens for you, please, please. Now, now we know that begins a cycle, right? Tribulation, patience, patience, experience, experience, hope. And I, and I want to give you some hope on the ropes. If you're on the ropes, I, I want you to feel like you got this. You got this not through you, through God. You're go it's going to work out. And if it don't work out here, brethren... There's a reward to, on, on, on the other side. Waiting, waiting, because each one of those things is working this peculiar glory. And you're going to shine differently than everyone else. And I don't know what the weight is. I, I, I have no idea. God knows. You and God know what the weight is that's on your shoulders. But, but I know that that weight is working something. There's a unique experience to my weight that there is to your weight. So I want to I show you that... That this isn't just a, go get him. You got this. It's gonna, I want to show you how my Savior, my Savior demonstrates this stuff. Let's go to John 13. And I'm not going to try to talk through John because pastor's got that. I just want to hit on it a little after all this is the Last Supper. I want to talk a little bit about why we're here. We're here because Christ sacrificed his life for his enemy. So let's, let's take a look. John 13, it's, you know, it's the, the, now the feast, now before the feast of the Passover when Jesus knew it was coming, um, he, the supper be, commences. And John has this beautiful and you know, a long view of what's going on here. And we're going to jump to 14. Now, now Christ is not hiding anything from them at this point. You'll see that as well. He's kind of beginning to speak a little plainly to them. And in 14.1, Christ says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me, you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, the way ye know. So he's telling them, Hey, I'm about to be out of here. He's, 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 he's being honest. He's, he's telling them how it is. And with that, I'm about to be out of here. I mean, in, in, in their flesh, especially here, they're like, this, I, don't know what, I don't know what to do. How, what are we going to do? Sounds a little like a little bit of tribulation. Look at 18. Verse 18, it says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come unto you. He's saying... I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I'm telling you, I'm going to go. But you're not going to be by yourself. You're not going to be alone. I'll, I'll come unto you. Look at 19. 
Yet a little while, and the world see me no more. But ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. He's saying, hey, I'm, I'm gone. I'm going to leave. But I'm, but I'm telling you, it's gonna, there's going to be some tribulation. That's what he's saying. He's saying, hey, there's going to be some tribulation. There's going to be some trial. They're still not really catching it, though. They're still not really getting it. Look at 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. He's, he's reiterating. I know what he, I mean, he's God, right? We try to keep secrets from God. It ain't, ain't going to work. Like, he knows what's going to go on. He, he knows, he knows the, the past from the future. He knows what's going to happen. He knows there's going to be some trouble. There's going to be some trial. There's going to be some tribulation. You might have some unrest. You might be, you, your peace might, might flee from you. Look at 28. Ye have heard how I have said unto you, I go away, and I come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice. You would rejoice that I'm leaving, that I'm going? Because I said I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. He's saying, hey, if you got it, if you got it, you'd understand that that tribulation producing something that should be extremely joyful. He's telling you, tribulation, he's telling them and us, tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience. He's, he's, he's laying it out for them. As plain as could be. Look at 1511. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. Again, he's saying, I know what's going to happen. I know you're going to be sorrowful. I know you're going to be upset. I know you're going to wonder, how could this happen? But I'm saying it to you. He's saying, do you hear me? These things I say unto you so that you could be full of joy, not full of sorrow, joyful, sorrowful. He's saying, I want you to be full of joy. I'm telling you what's going to happen. Look at 15 and 16 in the same chapter. Henceforth, I call you not my servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord does. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. I ain't never seen no fruit come from a wilting, sad-looking tree. I mean, I think God is brilliant, and there's, no, there's a reason why a weeping willow doesn't produce a beautiful fruit. I mean, it's got pretty flowers, but those things fall off. You ever see a weeping willow when it has no flowers on it? Eh. You can't produce fruit if you're down and upset. Who's going to want to take a that fruit? Like, hey, brother, come to church with me. God's really good. He's been so good to me. He's been so good to you. You walk around with a box of Kleenex. How, like, those two things, that dichotomy is off. It doesn't match. So he's saying, I'm, I'm telling you this stuff so that you could go and bear fruit. And this is a trying time, right? So he's, he's being upfront with them because he knows tribulation, work of patience, patience, work, experience, experience, hope. And hope maketh us not ashamed. Great. Thank you, Lord, for telling us that we're going to be sad. Thank you. And that's why we, this doesn't get preached. The reason why it gets preached in churches that everything's going to be good and rosy is because it doesn't make you happy. It doesn't, it doesn't lift you up in the flesh. You could walk out going, ugh, ugh, I came here for a COVID shot 
and they, they actually gave me the flu. Like, that's what you, this is supposed to be a hospital. You're supposed to come in here feeling better. We don't want you to walk out feeling, but, that, but the truth is God's saying, hey, it's going to be tough sometimes. But remember the spotter. Remember who's got you. And he doesn't just say it. That's what I love about my Savior. I said, I'm going to let you down. Everywhere, across every trial, I've got blame. I'm going to let you down. Everybody, I mean, look to your left, look to your right. They've let you down. I, I hope that's not a shock to you. I hope you understand that a flawed human will let you down all the time. They might not intend to let you down. I, maybe some do. But hopefully in this room, they didn't intend to let you down. You know, you had a different idea than they had, and they had a different idea than you had, and somewhere across the lines, you've been let down by the person. Luckily for you, there's nobody to your left or right. Mark's doing great. <laughs> so, but God doesn't let us down. God doesn't let us down. God puts weight on the rack, but he doesn't let us crush us. So let's take a look. Let's flip back to, 11, to Luke 24. Luke 24. So he's telling them, he's telling them, hey, I'm going to go. Don't be sorry. Don't be ashamed. Be full of joy. You'd be, you'd, you should be super happy. Let's look at Luke 24. So he says it to them, and look at what happens. Look at what my Savior does. This is why I lean on him. This is why I lean on him, because he ain't never let me down. Look at 24. Now, supper's passed. Christ is handed over. Christ is crucified. And, and literally, if you put Mr. Andino used to say, I got to put myself in the chat. I, I got to put myself into it. I got I to gotta, I gotta read it like I'm there. And if you put yourself into their shoes and you put yourself into this chapter, bro, if I get overwhelmed by things going on around me today, like, hey, I, I wanted to start this kid and he wanted to start that kid and I'm just, I, I quit. Like, if I get overwhelmed by that nonsense, if you're in this boat and the man that you just followed that was supposed to usher in the kingdom is seemingly dead, that's tribulation. That, that, that I, I, I don't, even though he told them, let's be honest with each other, we put ourselves in those shoes and, and it's really hard to believe because Pastor Mel used to say, hey, y'all got faith to pray for rain, but not faith to buy an umbrella. Right, we got, we, I believe, I trust, I got it, but then the weight comes on and we go, can he really support it? Can he really hold it? Yeah, 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 maybe. He's just waiting. Maybe he's just waiting for the moment to go, I got you, I got you. Maybe he's just waiting for that moment. Look at what happens. 24, now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Disclaimer, that's the difference. There is no body. My Savior's risen. My Savior came to meet me, 
and I can't go find him in the flesh. He ain't here. Anyone else I could go find? Yeah, I see that tomb. Yeah, that's a cool sculpture. Yeah, I got Not my savior. Sorry. I'll get back. Um, And it came to pass as they were much perplexed. This is interesting. They're confused. They got this weight on them, this tribulation on them. Our, our, Our king, our master, our rabbi, he's dead. It's not how it was supposed to be. And then they don't find the body, and they're like, this doesn't make sense. They're they're perplexed. Uh, Behold, two men stood by them in shining garments, and as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they, the two men, said unto them, why seek ye the living amongst the dead? The living amongst the dead. Praise God right there. Sorry. Uh, He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spake? Unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his word. Hey, that's a quick cycle. That's a, that's a quick cycle. That goes from tribulation to patience. I'm perplexed. Wait, hold on. What's going on? To experience. They got this experience. Like, oh, yeah, oh I do. Hey, he, they told me that. Oh, I got this experience, and now, now I have hope. Now I have hope that maybe it didn't happen how I thought it happened. For some others, it takes a little bit longer to get through that cycle, right? So, uh, and they remembered his words. And they returned from the sepulcher and told these things unto the eleven. Make it not ashamed. Look at how quick that cycle happened for them. Look at how quick. They're, tri- they're in tribulation. They're in a trial. They, they get there. They, they, they don't know what's going on. They, they, they have this experience. This experience brings that hope. And they run back to others because hope maketh us not ashamed. And they say, hey... It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and other women that were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. Now we're talking to the apostles here. They're going to tell the apostles. Look at what happens to our apostles. Look at how this cycle from tribulation to hope, it's a little expansive here. So what I'm saying to you is, Hey, if you don't get from tribulation to hope in a, in a split second, in a New York minute, I, I know we all want things to happen this moment, right away, today. I, it's too late. And, and, and if I'm being honest, when I tried to do those things in my power, worst moments of my life. Worst moments of my life. I was toying with telling you this story, and, and I think I'm just going to let sleeping dogs lie. But, hey, I could remember a specific time where my beautiful bride asked me something, and I was like, I know a guy. And I called a guy, and it worked. It worked. Six months later, it ain't work. It ain't work. I could promise you it didn't work. And, it has, and police and FBI and all of that. It didn't work. It didn't work. Don't get ahead of God. Sometimes your cycle goes from tribulation to hope quickly. Sometimes it doesn't. And it's happening to the apostles. Check it out. They go to the apostles in an 11, and their words seemed as idle tales, and they believed them not. These are the apostles. So they run, and they say, hey, you'll never guess what happened. And they're still in tribulation. Still like, this can't be. I don't uh, he's gone, and I can't believe it. And they, they didn't get to the patience part yet. They, they get told, listen, it's real. It's real. 
And they go, nah, it's a wives' tale. You're crazy. It's an idle, idle tale. They, 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 they're still stuck in the sorrow, but God is good. Now, Peter pops out. Well, follow Peter. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher. So Peter might be in between here. He's, got, he's like, let, let me go check it for myself. I just want to see. I want to see. Maybe he's moving on to patience, right? He runs to the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which has come to pass. Peter's a step ahead. Peter's at the sepulcher, and he might be moving towards uh, patience. He's going, wait, they, they, we thought it was, but they're telling the truth. Nobody's here. So he's moving on. Check out what happens. And behold, two of them went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, this tribulation is now working some patience. Hey, they're talking to each other. How could this be? Maybe they're getting out of the sorrow phase and they're moving into, how could this be? He, 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 he was there and I know he was there and I know they rolled a rock. Can you imagine? And they took him and they killed him. And, and they're reasoning together. They're having a conversation about what actually is going on? Like, hold on, what's actually going on here? Um, and this is why my God is just different than everyone else. You know, when everyone else says, climb to me, when everyone else says, you gotta get to me, when everyone else says, you figure it out, you take the weight, and I'll just be, I'll just be sitting here, in, and enter your heaven or paradise and whatever you want to put it. I'll, I'll just be sitting here and you got to figure it out. You got to claw to me. My, my God doesn't do that. My God comes to us. My God searches. My God seeks. My God finds. It's amazing. So they're in this state and it says Jesus himself. I love the himself. Don't overlook the himself. It, it, it's kind of like, hey, if, you, if you're going to start talking 2,000 years from now about maybe it really wasn't Jesus, like, let me just remind you that it was Jesus himself. That's different. Amen. Pat showed up. Pat showed up. That's different than me saying Pat himself showed Isn't there a different impetus when we say that? Isn't it a little bit different when you say himself? I, can you believe it? It was Aaron Rodgers himself. That's a different focus. It's a different impetus. So Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, <laughs> I love him. What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? He's saying, I told you you were going to be sad. I told you. I told you. So why are you talking? Why are you so downcast? Why are you so downtrodden? Why are you looking like Eeyore when you should be a Tigger? What's going on right now? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him saying, Art thou a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known the things which are come to pass? And he says unto them, This is my God. This is, this is my God. <coughs> what things? No, I don't know. Indulge me. What things? What are you, what are you talking about? Because, right, that verse said that their eyes were holding. 
Um, and they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should redeem Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels which said that he was alive. Wow. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher and found it even as the woman had said, but him they saw not. There's patience there. There's a little bit of patience. Hey, you don't know what happened? Can you believe it? They, they kissed him. And he said, it's implied there. He said that third day he would be raised up. It's been three days. Maybe they're getting through it. Maybe they're a little bit closer to getting that bar raised off their chest. He said it would be three days. And you know what? They went there and they didn't find him. There's a little experience going on there, which is wonderful. And again, my wonderful Savior says unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things to enter? I told you it was going to happen. And didn't everybody before me tell you it was going to happen? Didn't you have the oracles of God? Didn't they point directly to this? O fools, why don't you believe that I've got you? I've got your back. We're looking for people to have our back. Grab onto Christ, man. Grab onto Christ. He shows up. They're, he doesn't say, There's, you're going to have sorrow, you're going to have tribulation, it's going to be good. And when they have sorrow and tribulation, he goes, I told you. Because I would say, I told you. Bro, I don't even want to deal with you. I told you it was going to happen, and, and you're still doing it. That's what I would say in my stinking, rotten flesh. I would say, poo on you. Go figure it out yourself. My God goes, finds them, shows up, and, and yeah, he's tough. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. He's tough. He says, oh, fools. Didn't you believe it? But he shows up to them. He picks them up. He lifts them up. Where are you right now? What is going on in your life? What's happening? What's got you on the ropes? He's going to show up. And it might not be when you want it to be. That doesn't matter. God's not on your schedule. He shows up when they need it to be. When they need it to be. So we'll skip a little bit. You see that patience working out? He... he, he hangs with them. He, uh, at the beginning of Moses and all the prophets, he expounds to them. And look at what happens in 34. I tried, Pastor. I tried to, like, I'm trying to, I'm sorry, man. Um, right now he's saying, you originally had 15 minutes. How were you going <laughs> Okay, so in 34, look what happens. 33. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, the Lord is risen indeed. Indeed. It's not a guess. It's not a hypothesis. I have the experience now to know that the Lord is risen without a doubt. Indeed. Tribulation work at patience, patience, experience, and experience hope. So they go out, they tell others, oh man. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking bread. And look at what happens, my Savior. And as they thus spake, it's interesting 
Now, when they start to remember the words, when they start to talk about them, hey, it was going to be three days, and now they're going and evangelizing, and they're saying, God shows up. Every time they start to say, hey, I remember what he said. Hey, it tells me that when you talk Bible, God shows up. God shows up every single time. So they're saying he's risen indeed. We, we, we saw it, and yeah, we were struggling, and now we're, we, we've got this experience. We know he's risen indeed, and God shows up, and he says, peace be unto you. But they were terrified. I mean, I would be terrified too. No, 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 no cap. Uh, they were terrified and affrighted. I'm the youth guy, sorry. Um, and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto them, why are ye troubled? And what thoughts do arise in your heart? Behold, my hands and my feet, that it is I myself handle me and see. For a spirit hath not flesh and bones. As ye. He's saying, come. I told you. I told you what was going to happen. I told you, come, come. Get a, get a look. Get a feel. And we're getting looks and feels and, and hoping other things are going ha- to take us off the ropes. Ain't nothing going to take us off the ropes. We got to go back to Mick in our corner and say, he's killing me, Mick. He, he's got me. I'm down. And let him go, rise up. Rise up. Go back. Go back. I'm here. I've got you. I can't. I, I can't contain it. So they have this experience, and look at what happens. Uh, I'll skip to the bottom and wrap this up, I promise. Uh, in 46, said unto them, thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses. You have this experience. You are witnesses. You are eyewitnesses. You have the experience. Uh, you are witnesses, and behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Tribulation worketh patience, patience experience, experience hope, and hope what? Maketh us not ashamed. Look at how this chapter ends. And he led them as far out as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was departed from them. Now he's gone. But they don't have the same tribulation that they had a little bit ago. He's gone now. And you would say, like, but he's gone again. He left me again. No, no. They have experience that tells him there's hope now. Yes, he's gone. Yes, I can't see him, but there's still hope. There's a change that has happened. There's a change. And that change only comes through a personal experience. Doesn't come through this schoolhouse. It doesn't come through a church. It doesn't come through anything. It comes through a personal experience. That's why it's a personal relationship. They're changed. They're different. They're not sorrowful anymore. Even though they can't see like they couldn't see before, their response to not being able to see is very different. And look at what happens. And they worshiped him. They were crying in their Cheerios. Now they're worshiping. Now he's gone and they're worshiping. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with what? Not with sorrow. No sorrow there. Now there's great joy because they're not ashamed. Because hope maketh us not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad. It's not a leaky faucet. God's love doesn't, and I'll give you some here. And now I'll give you some over here. Oh, he's going through something. Let me give you some over here. That's not the love of God. It's shed abroad in our hearts. It's poured out. Sorry, Belomo. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. 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 
hey, this hope is an anchor for my soul. That's what the Bible says. And you may be going through something and you may be on the ropes. But this is supposed to put in remembrance that the greatest thing you could ever go through, the greatest thing that could ever, ever be on your, the greatest, wait, where is thy sting? It's done. It's taken care of. His ropes for mine. This hope is an anchor for our soul. So if you're going through something, hey, maybe you were down and maybe you got all the way to hope and maybe it came back around again and you're down again. I get it. I get it. We're, we're all human. I, I understand it. But let that cycle kind of take effect the next time. Remember, hey, he came through that time. He's going to come through again. Maybe longer, maybe. But I go in the gym with a spotter so I can look like an image of something I want to be, Right? I don't, I don't, okay, I put up 40 pounds. Uh, I've been to the gym a lot. Uh, he doesn't look like it. Well, that's because there's no weight on the rack. Let God put some weight on the rack because he's conforming you to his image. Amen. It's not conforming you to anyone else's image. Amen. It's his image. Amen. So get up off the ropes, church. Get up off the ropes. Fight back. The time's drawing nigh. Amen. It's not a time to be sorrow. Be full of hope, full of hope. Love you all.